This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 108. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to have you here. This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. And if you're new here, then what you get is strategies and ideas and tips and tricks and things like that for learning languages faster. This is kind of like my sounding board, really. It's my playground, <laughs> this podcast. I get to just talk about all the things that I've learned and studied over the years that I know help you learn languages faster. Now, there's a bunch of really cool stuff coming up. We're launching the Fluent Spanish Academy at the end of this week. So stay tuned on Thursday for information about that. Also got a couple of great conversations coming up. I'm excited to be back on Luke's English podcast on Thursday, although I'm not sure when uh, that will go live. Also having some conversations with Steve Kaufman at the end of this week. I know a few of you guys have requested that um, I get Steve Kaufman onto the show. Steve Kaufman from Link, of course. I-L-N-Q. No. I-L-N-G-Q dot com. Link. Great piece of language software. Fantastic polyglot. We're going to record some conversations at the end of this week. So look out for those on YouTube um, and also on the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to my channel on YouTube, make sure you do. There's a bunch of great language video stuff coming out on there all the time. Anyway, let's thank the sponsors of the show. And if you're learning a language, then you need to speak it. And if you need to speak it and you're not lucky enough to have friends and family all around you who will speak the language to you, then a service like italki is the best, well, it's your best friend. This is where you can get conversation practice, speaking practice with native speakers from around the world. And you can get a free lesson by going to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now we've got a wonderful question from Andy today, so let's get right into it. Hi, Ollie. I'm Andy from Hertfordshire in the UK, and I'm a recent listener and now addict of your podcast. And my question is this. How can I learn to ignore words I don't know when listening to my foreign language? I've been learning Korean properly for about a year using a tutor on italki. And often when my tutor says a sentence of, for argument's sake, 10 words, I might not understand or even hear clearly word number three or so. I then also miss words four to 10 in the sentence and have to get her to explain word three, then repeat the whole sentence so that I can move past the word I got stuck on. How can I learn to ignore word three so I get the gist of the sentence and then word three may even be obvious from the context? Thanks for any tips you can share. Hey Andy, thank you very much for that question. Now, I'm sure that everybody when they were listening to that was just going, yes, yes, yes. Because this is like, this gets right to the heart of what it means to, to, to learn and to be studying foreign languages, right? This, this whole thing of, you know, you're talking to someone, you really want to communicate and have that conversation. And yet there are just words coming out at you that you just don't understand and you're trying hard, but you just don't get it and you get frustrated and you just end up having to ask them, to tell you what it means in English or, best case, getting them to repeat it tons of time. So what can you do? Well, I mean, I'm going to have to start this off by saying, look, there is no silver bullet here. This is, you know, we're really talking about the the the, the fundamentals of, of language learning. Is how do you get to the point where you can effortlessly understand a native speaker? So th- there is no silver bullet. But what I can share with you um, are the, the experiences that I've had doing this because there are definitely things that you can do that over the long term are going to are going to help you. Now, Andy, when you're, I think what I like about your message is that you are very much aware of the problem, right? You, uh, you, you know, sometimes I get questions along the lines of, oh, I don't understand anything. What's wrong with me? 
But you are, you know, you're clearly smart and you're thinking about this issue and you, you realize that in a sentence of 10 words, if you don't understand word number three, it's not a big deal, right? And the fact that, but what's happening at the moment is that you're listening and then because you don't understand word number three, that's kind of getting to you and then you kind of switch off and don't understand the rest of it. So let's, let's, um, let's take a step back. The first thing to say is you do not need to understand every word in order to understand, um, to take part in a, in a conversation. And this is vital to understand for all of you guys listening. Obviously, we want to understand every word, but you don't need to. And, you know, even in my stronger languages, it happens all the time. I'm having a, I'm sitting around with friends having a conversation and there are words I don't understand, but it doesn't matter because I get the main point of everything else that's that's going on. And this is really, I think, the key, the, the point that most people want to get to where, you know, you can understand enough that the conversation becomes effortless. And if you can crack this, if you can get to this point, then it's it's amazing. It's like the, the best thing that will ever happen to you, because from that point, then you end up speaking more, you end up listening more and you end up making more progress. And like, and as I said, like you, you're already aware of this. So I think for you, you know, it could be a fairly small tweak in your in the way that you're approaching speaking that could have quite a big uh, difference. Now, in terms of how to do this in practical ways of, of, of um, tackling this problem, it does very much depend on the language, I think, because you've got, you know, if you think about this, we're talking sequentially, right? So you start at the beginning of the sentence and then you finish at the end. Now that might sound like a, it might sound obvious and it is, but think about the way different languages work. In English, you tend to uh, front load the the sentence, which means all of the key information comes at the beginning of the sentence. Um, other languages like that would be Spanish, for example, does that as well. Cantonese does that too. Um, but Korean, I believe, and I don't speak Korean, but I believe it's very, very similar to Japanese uh, in terms of sentence structure. And so assuming that I'm right, which I might not be, but I think I am, then um if uh, Korean is like Japanese, then a lot of the key information comes at the end of the sentence. And this is really important to understand. So to give you an example, if you were going to say, like, if you imagine you went out the other day and you went to a place that you really didn't like it. And in English, you might say, I hate that place where we went the other day. Um, and the key, so the important information there is I hate that place. Okay, then you've got a, a subordinate clause at the end, which which is where we went the other day. But that's not so important because you can probably get that from the context. The important thing here is the the important the key information comes at the beginning of the sentence. Now, Romance languages are going to do pretty much the same thing. So you're going to say odio el lugar donde fuimos el otro día. So we've got odio el lugar, which is I hate the place. Um, and then so that's kind of the same as, as the English. If we take a uh, language like Cantonese, it's a little bit more tricky. So in Cantonese, we'd say something like, like, um, which is, so we've got the verb at the beginning, I hate. And then, but then the word place actually comes at the end of the sentence. Uh, so that's a little bit more complex. But then in Japanese, which I believe is going to be the same as Korean, everything comes at the end of the sentence. All right. So instead of saying, so in Japanese, we'd say something like, uh, which is like saying, for example, uh, the other day, um, the place where we went, I hate. Okay. 
So the point of this is that as the listener, let's imagine that you st- you got you got caught up halfway through one of those sentences. You would, if it was the English sentence or the Spanish sentence where everything is, all the key information is at the beginning of the sentence. Even if you got stuck halfway through, you're still going to be okay because you're going to understand the main points. But with Japanese or Korean, if you get caught up halfway through the sentence, you still haven't heard the main information, and that's why uh, this is going to be more. This problem of not understanding words is going to be more difficult for you with those languages, with languages where the sentence structure is very, very different from what you're used to. Okay, so. This means for you, Andy, and for anyone else uh, learning Korean or, or similar languages, I guess, I guess German in some cases might be the same as well, is that you can't afford to worry too much about every word because if you do, you know you're not, you're never going to get to all that all important information at the end of the sentence. So, what can we do about it? Well, the first thing is, Andy, as you suggested in your in your message. The most simple advice, really, is is to say, look, don't worry about a word. If there's, if there's a word that you don't understand, you know, be mindful of what's going on, and just allow yourself the opportunity to listen to the end of the sentence. That's the first thing to say. But I guess that's easier said than done, right? Because you start to panic. Um, so, but it is worth saying because, in many respects, that is the most important thing. You've got to allow yourself. The luxury of listening to the end of the sentence before you kind of jump to conclusions, and I, I you know, I often have this. Ex- I found this the other day, actually. Do you do you ever have this when someone says something to you in another language, and your kind of instinctive reaction is to say what or sorry, or can you say that again? And then they say it again, and you realise actually you had understood it the first time. <laughs> you just weren't really present enough to take the time to just kind of stop. And think about what's just been said. This happens to me all the time. So, so you know, I think this thing of allowing yourself to listen to the end, and then not just that, but pause. And before you ask for help or you ask for a repetition, just pause and just breathe and just think about what you just heard. And often, or at least sometimes, that is gonna you're gonna something's gonna click and it will help you to to kind of piece together what's going on. And you know, it won't help you with the word that you don't know, but like with the, all the context together, suddenly you might find that you that you know what's going on. So this this thing of um, of of being mindful of what of, of of your situation, not kind of defaulting to these knee jerk reactions of oh, I didn't understand that word, say it again or help tell me in English. Like just breathing, letting yourself listen, that can actually be a huge um, a huge help. And in many respects, this is actually a psychological thing, right? We don't want to be shown up. We don't want to be. We don't want the other person to think we don't understand, right? So, it's about being calm, about having your your thoughts together. A couple more practical things for you. First of all, you like this is not going to be an instant fix, and so what you need to do at the same time is make sure you're always working actively on growing your vocabulary, okay? Because if you if you don't know a word, then the ultimate solution is to learn that word, right? So you have to be Actively growing your vocabulary so that over time you do start to understand more of what's going on. This one of the implications of this is that when you're speaking with your teacher or your conversation partner, 
you know, make sure that if there's something useful that they say, get them to write it down, make sure you have a record of it, and then go away, revise that, learn it in whatever way you, you like to do. Um, this is something I do a lot with in my conversations. I get, I get, I, if my tutor says something I really like, I really find useful, I get them to write it down, I write it down myself, and then I, I put that later on flashcards, so I've got a record of that stuff all in one all in one place. So you've got to keep actively working on your vocab. The other thing is a concept that I took from from my teaching days, and it's it's this. What happens in classrooms, in language classrooms, is that students get very hung up on getting everything right. Kind of similar, I guess, to um, to what you're talking about, Andy, in terms of wanting to understand every word. But it's a very common thing for a student to want to get everything correct, to be speaking perfectly, with the, you know, perfect grammar, good accent, all that stuff. The problem with this is it's very difficult to switch off this this um, this desire. Very difficult to switch off this perfectionism thing because we've we're in a language classroom, right? We kind of bring this baggage with us of okay, we have to be studying. We need to learn the correct way. We shouldn't make mistakes. And so one of the things that I always did in class is to have certain sessions, certain parts of the lesson that were dedicated to either form or meaning. Now, for those of you who aren't linguists or language teachers, the, the difference here is form is what we talk about, is the word that we use to describe anything like, for example, uh, the, the spelling, the grammar, the pronunciation, any kind of technical aspect of how the language should be. That's form. Okay. Meaning is what am I trying to say? What am I trying to communicate? What's the idea here? It's not. We're not concerned about the grammar or the pronunciation. We're concerned about the idea that I'm trying to get across, the conversation I'm trying to have. And this distinction between meaning and form is very, very important because learners always will spend their time worrying about form. But as a teacher, one of the things that we really need to do is to get them thinking just as much about meaning because ultimately that's the most important thing, right? And so um, I would have entire blocks of my lesson, say 5, 10, 15 minutes, where we were not allowed or where I would just focus on getting them to have conversations. There'll be no corrections, no no grammar work, nothing. It would just be speaking. And so what you could do, Andy, is have, se- have sections of your lessons where you say to yourself, right, for the next five minutes or for the next... For the first 15 minutes of the lesson, I am not going to ask for a correction or I'm not going to ask for a, a translation or nothing. I'm just going to, uh, you know, I can ask for a repetition. I can ask for clarification, but I have to do it in Korean. But it's all, as if you give yourself a kind of no English rule for a certain amount of the lesson. Now, this doesn't necessarily help you straight away to understand these unknown words, but it does start to build up your ability to cope with these situations because it's struggle with the language that ultimately leads to progress okay i'll say that again because it's really important struggle leads to progress but it's all too easy to kind of get out of that struggle by saying oh what did you just say how how do you say that in english so it's really important to keep forcing yourself and to keep you know don't let yourself get away with it too easily Imagine that you're in Korea and you're talking with someone that doesn't speak English. What are you going to do? You're going to have to get through the conversation somehow. And this is one of the great things about immersion is that you you know you have to understand and you have to communicate. So challenge yourself to do that. And 
you will find that over time these things do get easier. All right, so let me very quickly summarize the stuff that I've I've talked I've spoken about here because there's quite a lot of stuff and I've rambled a lot, I realize. So <laughs> we're talking about how to deal with unknown words when you're listening or when you're speaking, okay? Number one is to remember that you don't have to understand every word in order to take a full in order to play a full part in the conversation. So if there's a word you don't understand, stay calm, breathe, listen to the end of the sentence, and then th- pause and think back to what you've just heard and see if you can make sense of it. Second thing is, have um, sections of your lesson where you just focus on meaning. So you're not allowed to use any English, you're not allowed to ask for translations, nothing. Simply have a defined period of time when you're focused on English. And then the second, the third thing, sorry, is to, I've messed up the order, never mind. The third thing is to always be working actively on growing your vocabulary and learning from your conversations so that over time you start, this becomes less of an issue because you simply know more vocabulary. So Andy, very long-winded answer to a simple question. I hope that was helpful. If you would like to ask me a question, then head over to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask. Also, please make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. So if you've, whether you're using uh, Stitcher or iTunes or whatever it is, pull up the, the podcast, subscribe so that you get every single episode. A lot of exciting stuff to come at the end of this week and next week. I think I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.